Welcome to a special edition of Between the Headphones, the Red and Black Flashback. I'm John James, your host for this podcast miniseries, in which I'll talk to past members of the Red and Black Sports Desk to get a full scoop on their experiences at the Red and Black and beyond. Today on the show, we're talking to Jed May, Georgia football reporter for Rivals and UGASports.com. Welcome to the show, Jed. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're, we're here at the Red and Black office. We're kind of in the, uh, the newer part of the place. I'm glad to be back. Speaking of being back, uh, I want to I wanna take people all the way back to when you started at the Red and Black. So when did you join the Red and Black? So my first semester at UGA, I had um, uh, well, Sports Media and Society with uh, Professor Michaelis. And like the second week of class, Nick Suss, who was EIC at the time, and Taylor Denman, who was sports editor, came and said, hey, Red and Black's having an open house tonight. If anyone's interested, y'all come by. And that was August of of 2015 and then that's I was there my entire career like I started and um you do the whole onboarding process or whatever and then I got put on volleyball one of the worst volleyball seasons that Georgia has ever had and um yeah next spring was softball and we just kind of we took off from there when you joined did you have a career goal in mind I mean everyone wants to cover football and I think you know back then I'm gonna say back then a lot it's gonna make me sound old but there's a lot more, like, fan blog-type things now, I think. And back then, like, if you wanted to cover football, I think it was understood, okay, you come in. and Like, when I came in, I was thinking, okay, I'm not going to get football out of the gate. Probably not going to get basketball. Maybe I could luck my way into baseball, thinking that, you know, if you're on a baseball beat, it's a year-round. That's not how it works here. But, you know, I was lucky that I got team sports because, obviously, there's golf and there's equestrian, and, and I think – being on a beat that's a little more like a football or basketball okay there's games on Saturday you have interviews on Friday you go to practice on Tuesday stuff like that um, really helped you develop kind of getting in the rhythm how to um, you know the regular flow of stories and then and then writing stories based off of game results as you're actually there see so once you got into that rhythm you did find your way onto the football beat at the red and black you covered some of Kirby Smart's early seasons at UGA how did you go about navigating that process as a as a young reporter? It was interesting because, you know, back then there's a lot, the media access was, like, I don't want to pretend it was wide open, but, you know, from being around other reporters on the beat, you could tell they were those who had been there for Mark Richt and then were transitioning to, to Kirby. There was a lot of differences, like, under Kirby, I guess, they used to see a lot more practice and, um you used to could request which players you wanted to get and that was like not a thing once Kirby took over at least not in the fall when I started um so it was kind of different for everybody it was a lot of learning it's a lot of figuring out okay this is just how it is now um and then obviously that first year was not especially great like they lost to Vanderbilt they lost to Tennessee on the Hail Mary um got smoked by Florida lost to Georgia Tech at home which is so the Georgia Tech game, so I was kind of like, so we had four people fully on the beat, and I was like the fifth guy. I would always go on Wednesdays because that's when class schedules worked out. And then since I'm from around here, I covered the um, Louisiana, I think they played Louisiana Lafayette the next to last game. And that was my first game, and obviously they won pretty comfortably. I wrote the gamer, the whole thing. And then the next week they played Georgia Tech, and they're up 13 in the fourth quarter. I got my gamer done. I'm ready to roll. And then Georgia Tech scores, and then Jacob Eason throws a bad pick. and Georgia. So, like, that was my first 
super and like softball had blown a lot of games you had to change it late but softball is different in that you don't really have to have it up like at the buzzer like you do with football and i remember the georgia tech game where i turned in was like 900 words and i remember i, I spoke with john durham who was editor at the time and he was like yeah you know your gamer is really good it's a, just about twice as long as it needs to be and that was kind of a you know because you know you try to get in everything and it's an important game and whatever and i think that was a, a thing you had to realize of hey especially with a quick gamer like that you just gotta get it done and and just let it roll what was the difference between that season for you and the 2018 season when when georgia went went to the national championship yeah that 2017 year was crazy because it started and like it was i remember jacob easton so one of the differences with Kirby Smart you don't talk to freshmen so Jacob Easton starts through 2016 no one ever talked to him um, so I remember we talked to him in the fall of 17 leading up to the season and you know the typical story on okay how have you gotten better where have you grown the most how much more confident are you whatever and he gets hurt like the second series against Appalachian State and then Jake Fromm takes over and I remember going up to Notre Dame which that Notre Dame trip with Emily Giambalvo and Wilson Alexander and you know Casey Sykes going up there and just it was the trip getting there was an adventure in itself but then that game it's in such a epic environment and then it's a close game and Georgia gets the fumble at the end and and I remember sitting in that and you know because Georgia was ranked I think 15th maybe at the time and Notre Dame was 24th or maybe vice versa so it was like you know it's a good win but but in the grand scheme of things doesn't really mean a whole lot because there were so many Georgia fans there too it's not like it was a super hostile environment um and then the middle of that season they just started, like, just smoking everybody. Like, Mississippi State came in, and Mississippi State was, like, a trendy – I picked Mississippi State to win that week um, with Nick Fitzgerald. Georgia came in and blew them out. Blew out Tennessee. Blew out Florida. And then, obviously, Georgia went on the road. Number one got drilled by Auburn. And it's like, okay, here's the – here's where you hit the true freshman wall and this and this. And and then they, they beat Auburn in the NCAA championship rematch and, and went to Oklahoma – or went to the Rose Bowl and beat Oklahoma. And it was – it was a it was a crazy ride. It's it's you've never really, and even that national championship. I mean, Georgia was they were obviously right there before second and twenty six. So it was a it was a chaotic ride. I, mean, I remember we were talking about preparing for what what we would do in the event if Georgia won the national championship. Talking about books and this and this. Um, it was it was crazy. And I, I got to do it with some really close friends. People who were friends this day, like Wilson or Wilson was with the Macon Telegraph, but. You know, Emily Giambalvo, Nathan Berg, fellow Browns fan, um, you know, um, Alex Soderstrom, Lane Saliba. Um, we, we we did a great job that year, I think. So So on that crazy ride, and even including your other sports media experiences in college, was there ever a moment where it, like, clicked for you? Like, you realized, yes, I could make a career out of this? I think it was honestly just the... That's a good question. Um, look at you guys asking good questions. Uh, the the future is bright. I just think it's the it's the it's the doing it every day. I think like when you're doing it every day and and you get in that kind of like I was talking about with you guys before we started the show, like getting in the routine of okay, I do football today and then I got a story tomorrow and then we travel and that's like once you start doing it because like and you guys know like when you cover softball or volleyball, those are those are beats, but it's also like the red and black is the only media they get. So when you request a player, you get the player. Like when you need to do a phone interview with somebody for whatever reason, you get a phone interview. And football's like, okay, our interviews are at six. If you're there, you're there. If you're not, then you're screwed. 
So I think just once I did it every day and it's like, okay, this is, I can do this. I feel like I'm getting better. And th the thing about working at the red and black, as opposed to your classes at Grady is the red and black, you're getting live reps. Like every day you're thrown into the fire. And like, I remember a story I did in, let me think it would have been spring of spring of 2017. And I was covering basketball and Mike Woods, the guy used to come to games and painted the bulldog on his head and everything. Um, he passed away actually during a Georgia basketball game I was covering. And he's from Madison County, where I'm from. Um, so, you know, I called the coroner, who was actually my uh, gym teacher in high school, confirmed it with her. Um, and the next day, we're at Paper Budget. And we're all talking about it. I'm like, well, I could try to do a, a feature story on this guy. And like, okay, how about you have it for um, for the paper? And I was like, okay, well, you know, give me a couple weeks. And it's, this is... So say today's the 10th, I can have it for the 24th. Like, no, how about you do it next week? I was like, oh, okay. So I basically, you know, crapped out of school for a week and just went off the grid and interviewed people around my hometown and Georgia people and all the interviewed a son, I remember. And we were putting the, the paper together or putting the story together in the paper, like all the way up till the production deadline, pretty much. Um, and it came out and it was, you know, I thought it turned out pretty good. And um, that was the first time I was like, oh, I can, you know, that's what, um, Connor Riley, who is his, he works for Dog Nation here now. He, I remember something he said, and it's always stuck with me throughout the whole time I was here. Is like, if you're at the Red and Black, like, this is your job. Like, you can't treat it as a side hobby. You can't treat it as side hustle. This is your job. If this is what you want to do and down the line, treat this as your job. And I kind of always tried to do that. And once I started adopting it with that mindset, I'm like, oh yeah, this could be a job I, I actually have for a long time. So along that line, your your that process and that work ethic got you a role at Rivals and UGASports.com. How did you find your way there? So out of college, I worked at the Macon Telegraph for a couple years, and you know cover football in let's see, nineteen and twenty, and obviously twenty everything went nuts with COVID and Zoom and whatever. So I remember going into the twenty 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 one basketball season. I asked my editor, "Hey, what do we want to do for basketball?" And he was like, well, let's just do one story a week. No gamers or anything, just one story a week. And I was like, well, that's kind of lame. Um, if I want to cover a team, I want to cover a team. You know, I want to be at the availabilities, whatever. Um, so I started a Substack site and covered the team just to get myself something to do. Honestly, like COVID was like, it was still going and it was basically an outlet to have something to do. Um, so I covered basketball for free essentially and then um baseball season rolled around and i was like well might as well do baseball too um because football is obviously not going on so did baseball and then anthony dasher who covers baseball for uj sports and he, he'd known me from being around football and everything um he texted me and i remember because my brother was about to graduate and we were out to dinner the night before and he texted me and said hey we've got a full-time recruiting writer position coming open at uh, Riles, if you're interested. And, you know, the Banner Herald had had a similar position come open a few months or a year before, and I hadn't done it because I was like, eh, I don't really want to do recruiting. Who wants to talk to high school kids all the time? Like, I was a high school kid once. I wouldn't want to talk to myself. But, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, this is a and, – and I talked to Rodney Nabolsi, who's the, the publisher, and he was like, hey, you could, you'll still be able to help out with game coverage and everything. And I was like, okay, well – that's an opportunity to still do what I'm doing now, but also open a new or do something a little bit new. And UJSports.com is one of the best outlets 
in the UGA market um, and in the Rivals uh, network as well. So jumped on board and I've been there for, um, you know, coming up on two years now and, and it's great. I got to love everybody I work with. It's a great, not the support system, just a great group of guys. And um, yeah, I think we do a great job. How did you make that adjustment where you found yourself being able to talk to high school kids and actually finding out that you were good at that? Uh, as soon as I think I'm good at it, I'll let you know. Uh, no, but it's it's just different because, like I was saying earlier, like the the football beat is. It, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's it's given to you on a platter because that's not true. But it's like okay, availabilities are on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and that's what you get for the week, unless you you know, try to a feature store or you talk to a player's parent or high school coach, whatever. And recruiting is is a is a lot more. You, you, you got to be on top of it. It's like, okay, what kids are visiting today? What kids do I need to reach out to? Which kids are, you know, important from a Georgia perspective, whereas which kids are like, yeah, I don't really need to – these kids are lower on my priority list. It's a lot – it, it just takes a lot of time because I had never followed – like we hired um, another guy at the same time as me, and he had followed recruiting and kind of knew what was going on. I knew nothing. Like I knew this was uh, while the Arch Manning saga was just beginning to develop. So, like, I knew him. I knew a couple – class of 2022 i knew gunner stockton who was a high school senior at the time knew of him anyway um but like that was it i didn't know unofficial versus official visits i didn't know i do nothing so it was a big adjustment learning how recruiting like works and you know trying to and i think it's just you you gotta do it like eventually it the way it was explained to me by my boss like okay the 2022 class is is gonna be tough 23 is going to be a little better but 24 like every class you know i have to think of it in terms of classes of kids because the 22 class you got to think i started in june if you're not already committed you're about to like who wants to talk to a new guy fresh on the recruiting scene if you're a, a highly touted guy like the guys georgia recruits right so it just it takes doing it it takes reps it takes getting your name out there and being at these camps and games and whatever um so it's every day is a is a distinct challenge um but it's it's different it's i like it because I, you know feature stories is kind of what i really like doing and every recruit interview like if you hit the right button anything can turn into a feature story with these kids so uh, that's that's one part i really like about it you mentioned you also help out with game coverage at rivals um what was this past season like for you 15 and 0 the comeback on new year's the thrashing in los angeles all of that i mean even going back to 21 I just from growing up around here, everyone in my life pretty much is a Georgia fan. My dad is a big my my uncles. I remember the Alabama national championship, the first one after the seventeen season. The game ended in in heartbreaking fashion for Georgia fans. We were waiting for interviews, and I looked at my phone. I saw I had a missed call from my dad. I was like, oh no, he's he's, you know, someone needs to call him back and talk him off the ledge. So the twenty one national championship again is. And I, I thought, okay, Georgia got drilled by Alabama. I thought they would beat Michigan. Um, and that defense, I just I had a feeling that – and obviously, James, or, um, yeah, Jamison Williams getting hurt changed things. But even still, I was like, I think the defense will play better. So the game ended, and we had like – because it was all on Zoom still. So we the interviews were like 30 minutes after the trophy ceremony. So we had forever to just sit in the press box. So I asked Dash, I was like, hey – we got a long timer. Could I just, could I call my dad real quick? Um, and I called him and he was all crying. Or I don't know if he was crying, but he was all, he could, he, just, he literally just didn't know what to say. And that was, that was really cool. And last year was the same thing. It's everyone asks you about, you know, do you think they're going to do this? Or do you think Stetson can do it again? And I'm just like, I mean, what? You, you don't, you don't have any reason to say no. Right. 
and the Ohio State. I I picked Tennessee to beat Georgia when they came to Athens. I was like, the defense has given up big plays. Tennessee's just there. That It was kind of the same thing when I picked Mississippi State a few years ago. I was like, they're just a hot team. They've got that team of destiny sort of vibe going. That Alabama game was crazy. Like, that's that's a game you win if you're going to go win a national championship. Um, and obviously I was I was quite wrong. So that Ohio State game, I've actually got – so I'm my dad's side of the family is originally from Ohio, so I know a lot of Ohio State fans too. And we've always kind of talked about what if Georgia were to play Ohio State. I never thought it would be in a game like that. So that was that was interesting. And um, and the TCU, I, I was I was very I believe Georgia would beat TCU, and it's it's obviously they they did, but it's still you know I obviously I'm not a fan or whatever. But having grown up around this program, I know the. I don't want to say I know the mindset better than other people that cover this beat, but it's like I know the mindset of like my dad. My dad's always like he went to he went to bed during the after Stetson's fumble in the twenty one championship, and then came and kept watching on his phone, and then came back. That's just how people are. People here are very negative about this stuff, and it's still. I try to think, okay, this program that I grew up following is like the it program now. Like it's still weird to think about that, you know, that it's actually happened like oh okay my dad can go to work and brag about you know to his friends that his George won national champions like we went on vacation a couple weeks ago and there were some Alabama fans there and he gets to talk crap now because Georgia has has beaten Alabama and all that kind of stuff so it's 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 a unique experience having grown up around this program I guess and having so many people that follow it and are fans of it in your life um it's it's a kind of a it's a unique perspective on things I'd say so between all of those experiences in the 21 season, the 22 season, the 17 season, this is just a question to satisfy my personal curiosity, but what's your favorite venue that you've been able to work in? Uh, I mean, it's got to be the Rose Bowl because it's just, it's so beautiful there. I mean, the the, the, the mountains and like it's it's such a cliche. I mean, I'll, okay, I'll say the Rose Bowl and I'll say Notre Dame because Notre Dame, we went and we were there just stupid early. So we walked around campus. It's a beautiful campus. It was a beautiful day. The press box there, or at least at the time, looked west, so you could see the sunset. You know, Indiana's flat as its table, so you could see the sunset, and and that was that was absolutely beautiful. Um, it was my Twitter header for a really long time. A picture I took up there. Um, then the Rose Bowl, obviously, is just the same thing. It's historic. It's beautiful. Um, as far as fan environment, I've always loved covering games at Auburn because that place is just like a different level of like unhinged like that 17 game um their press box used to be like Sanford's is for one more year where it's like it's kind of it was kind of in the middle of the field and it was open so you could hear everything and I've never heard a place louder in my life than that place was and like 19 was super loud and like in the fourth quarter when Auburn tried to come back it was unhinged and 21 was and even like 21 Auburn wasn't even really like that good and it was still just that place was on fire. And granted, it's a rivalry, and the three Georgia games I've covered there, Georgia's been ranked, I guess, in the top five each time. But that's my favorite probably road venue to cover just because it's such an awesome college football environment. So between all of those experiences, I'm sure you've learned quite a lot. What is something you wish you would have known when you were starting out back at the Red and Black? Oh, man. I think I would have wanted to know... Maybe not. I mean, because people tell you that people tell you stuff like, okay, when you're in an interview and you hear something, one day you'll get to that point where you just know this is going to be your lead. 
like stuff like that that people will tell you it comes with time and at the everyone thinks this right but it's like but not me like i've had plenty of times where you can call it i don't know imposter syndrome or whatever I'm like man i'm just i'm not as good as these people like i'm not as good of a writer i'm not as good of a reporter and i, and I still think that but i think you also have to know like it, it's actually true that you do get a lot better at this stuff the more you do like you just need reps like and again that's the and i i love grady i love the professors i had there the skills but it's also you know the red and black is a perfect complement to that because you you get and whether it's sports or whether it's news whether it's culture opinion whatever you get actual reps out there writing and reporting and interviewing sources and and you get experience getting um shot down on stuff or having difficulties with stories or whatever. So I think just knowing that the the skill sets you develop do kind of, they do get developed, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. And yeah, I think just that. I think, I just think there's a lot of stuff. Like you just come in so naive, like my thing, oh yeah, I'm just going to come in and, you know, maybe I'll get baseball. Like, no, I had no chance of getting baseball. Why would I? Because I never, I wrote two articles for my high school paper because we published once a semester, like, why would they give me baseball? Just stuff like that is, 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 and, you know, I've made so many great friends here. I know Emily was on and she, she shouted us out. So, you know, Emily Giambalvo, Wilson Alexander, I'm going to be in Wilson's wedding this fall. John Durham, I was in his wedding a couple summers ago. Like you make friends here that are always going to be a part of your life. You know, there's so many, I mean, I met my girlfriend here. Y'all know Kate, Kate Skeen, like the most talented photographer. I met her as a senior here. Like this is my, um, you know, my life, this place is a huge part of my life. So I don't know if that's something I wish I would have known when I started, but it's just, it's a great place. Red and Black's a great place. So very profound answer. <laughs> um, where can people find all of your content and coverage? Yeah, so um, UGASports.com is, is part of the Rivals Network. Um, team coverage, recruiting coverage. Uh, Twitter is at JedMay underscore. I don't ever post anything on Instagram or Facebook, so... Um, that's really it. Um, you know, UJ Sports, they've got the great message board and the dog vent and whatever. I'm sure a lot of bunch, bunch of people listening to this know of the dog vent. So, you know, we're, we're bringing it hot and heavy over there. And, um, yeah, it's just, again, I wouldn't be, and I, I hope I've told Rebecca this at some point. Um, I wouldn't be the writer, reporter, whatever I would, I am now for whatever that's worth without my experiences at the Red and Black. So forever grateful to this place and the people, uh, people I met here. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.